How are you guys doing? And welcome over to the channel. If you guys are new, I'm telling you guys, this is not the normal backdrop. I'm actually on vacation, but I'm going to be doing a video every single day still over the Ukrainian conflict. So we'll be here for the next handful of days. So you're going to see this kind of a backdrop. Yes, it is a little bit awkward because it has some purple little stuff going on here, but it is what it is. So I'm still going to deliver it the same way I have, just not inside the normal studio as you guys have seen in the past. But if you guys are new, I promise you, it doesn't normally look like this. And hopefully it sounds the same. I hope it does. I'm sure it does. I'll tell you guys, uh, after this conflict's over with, which we know this conflict's going to end at some point, I'm actually going to go after the most nitty-gritty stuff I possibly can. All the crazy stuff that goes on in America and all over the world, I myself am going to go there. I'm trying to get into Ukraine right now. I have been for a little bit, but I want to make sure I go with a reliable source where I'm not going to get, you know, I'm not going to get jacked up or maybe sent over to one of the filtration camps. <laughs> So I've been kind of working on that. So that that's what you could expect after this channel is done. I, I promise you, I'm going to, I'm going to go after the most crazy stuff I possibly can to actually, I guess, talk about <laughs> anyway. Hey, if you guys did not know, here's the map. If you already knew the channel, red, Russia, blue, Ukraine, fairly simple. So here's my map. I've actually done this. I've been working on this one for past couple of weeks now or so. And this is pretty much that minefield area is pretty much not changed. A lot of this inside the urban area has actually, there's been a lot changed there. So out the gate, Russia and Ukraine actually ended their talks in Istanbul today. Uh, I will give you quick facts that they discussed and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to go through the entire thing. Ukraine is requiring that security guarantees similar to NATO's Article 5. If Ukraine is a target of aggression, all guarantors have three days to respond and provide military assistance in Ukraine. Guarantors should be the members of UN, primary, Britain, China, Russia, yeah, Russia, USA, France, Poland, and Turkey. Ukraine agrees with neutral status. That means that no nuclear weapons and no military alliances. If Ukraine wants to host a military exercise or have a foreign military base on its territory, it needs to have approval by all guarantors, which we know it's going to happen because one of the guarantors is Russia. So we know it's not going to be a thing. So with Ukraine being neutral, that actually changed with Ukrainian constitution actually has to change itself. And a public referendum, uh, referendum is actually needed for that. And I don't know if that's actually going to happen. So all the talks has actually gone on is not, this isn't actually for sure. Okay. This is just talks still. They're still in the middle of talks. So the guarantees within the talks do not apply to the areas they've already controlled prior to the conflict actually starting. Uh, the Donbass region and the Crimea. These are actually separate issues. They say they need further discussions, of course, always. Ukraine is actually free to join EU. Russia's okay with them joining EU and they have no issues with that. So what's kind of crazy is Russia's saying yes to all this random stuff now. And we know this is, is mainly due to the fact they've been getting their teeth kicking so bad. And a lot of people think that they're, they're starting to pull out of Russia. I don't think personally that this is even close to being the end of this conflict at all. And I only say that because I keep seeing photos and videos of them bringing more equipment, which I'll show you guys here later on from way on the other side of the country. I'm talking like 4,000 miles away. And another thing is a ceasefire could actually be really bad for Ukraine. And I know that sounds kind of crazy to say that a ceasefire being bad, but it would be mainly due to the fact that Russia doesn't usually negotiate in good faith. So with that being said, if an agreement of ceasefire was actually to go on, then that would give Russia the time it needs to actually build up their military resources and actually reorganize itself to, to then retake certain areas they couldn't take in, in, in this first push on this conflict. Now, that is, that is something we need to keep, keep note of, and Ukraine itself should actually be thinking about as well. A ceasefire is not always a good thing, because right now they're applying pressure in the urban area and all the way through Bucha and Hostomel. They should be pushing all the way through. They should not stop the pressure right now. They should just keep it going. Yes, Russia's waving the white flag right now because they are they literally know they're losing this war as of right now. And this is another thing to think about. If these talks were so meaningful, why did they just hit the administration building inside of Mykolaiv with a cruise missile? 
Yes, just a couple hours ago, they hit a the, the administration building inside of Mikolaiv with a cruise missile while the talks were going on. So if they were that meaningful, why are they still doing stuff like this? Literally destroying this half of this building. I, you know what? I actually have video proof and video evidence of, of what it looked like afterwards. <laughs> So Russia's actually said that they're reducing their military activities in Kiev and Chernihiv. And I, you know what's kind of crazy? We've, we've been talking about this. Sumy, Kiev, and Chernihiv are the three areas they've been absolutely losing. What are, what are the two areas that they can't control right now? The routes in the northeast part of the, the country. I'm sitting here in the United States, or I was, I guess. I was sitting there in the United States actually seeing it firsthand. Like, hey, look. These guys have no idea what they're doing. They know they can't get these logistics in. This is literally them just saying that they're going to pull back and just, you know, we're doing it just for the sake of some mutual trust that we're not going to go after each other in this, this time while we're having conversations when we all know that they didn't stop this because of, of mutual trust. They stopped this because they're losing. They're literally losing ground. And what I really think they're going to do with these troops is actually redistribute them. I think they're going to pull them out of these areas. I've been, I've already said this before. It's kind of crazy. We're seeing this happen. They're going to, they're going to take them out and they're going to push them to the Eastern side of the country. They're going to push through Izium and then start making their way up. I've I, I think I said this literally in yesterday's video. What are the troops doing around Sumi? Nothing. What are they doing around Cherniv? Nothing. Why are they even there? Why haven't they pulled them into Russia, pushed them back around, regroup, reorganize, and then push through? And I do believe that's exactly what they're going to do. If this, this continues the way it is. Over the last 24 hours, Ukrainian staff generals actually reported 17 aerial targets have been destroyed, eight planes, four UAVs, three helicopters, and two cruise missiles. That is coming directly from the Ukrainian staff general. And I'm telling you guys, I, I don't usually, I, I don't, I don't like talking about politics anymore on when it comes to this channel, especially American politics. It's the dumbest thing ever. People get so mad over Trump and so mad over Biden. You know what? They're both really ignorant people. Honestly, Biden's been in office for like 45 years, hasn't really accomplished much. Trump's just an idiot when he speaks sometimes. It's just, it just a mess. It really is. But anyway, I'm just saying that because this clip I'm about to play, here's a clip of what Biden had just said a few hours ago and how he would respond if Russia was going to use chemical weapons. And when you said a chemical weapon use by Russia would trigger a response in kind. It will trigger a significant response. What does that mean? I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? You've got to be silly. The world wants to know? The world wants to know a lot of things. I'm not telling them what the response would be. Then, then Russia knows the response. And yes, that is the leader of the most powerful country on planet Earth. And like I said, personally, I don't. I have a hard time believing that Russia's government's actually even serious about these peace talks. And I still believe it's nothing more than a tactic to stall and then rebuild. That's all I believe it is. Uh, and then, you know, it's crazy. I, I say that and I actually have a video I'm going to show you guys. This is one of the ones I talked about at the very beginning of deep inside of Russia in a town of Urchix. Anyway, it's like 4,000 miles away from the border. And it's, it's just look at this. It's a bunch of howitzers. It's, it's crazy. They're still moving stuff over there. That's why I don't believe, like, don't believe what they're saying. We got to see what they're actually doing. So I'm going to go ahead and end the news piece with this right here. Anthony Blinken came out and stated this exactly. There is what Russia says and there's what Russia does. We're focused on the latter. No signs that Russia is serious about P-talks. 
with Ukraine. Peace talks, not pee talks. <laughs> anyway, so there is that. There's your, your news from around what's going on over there. Now we're going to go into the map section. We're going to start off in Kiev. There's a lot going on in this area. This is the, the main area we're going to talk about. And down in Mykolaiv, you guys know they've been moving around there. They've been doing a lot of action down there. And they've actually got some Russian troops actually encircled down in Mykolaiv. So here we go. Up here in Kiev, as you guys can tell, there is a lot going on still. So you guys can see here is Urpin. Almost, almost mixed two words there. There's Urpin right there. So Urpin was taken back yesterday. So it was completely liberated by the Ukrainian forces yesterday. So if you guys are new, I'm going to catch you guys up real quick. These blue lines that are going in, those are the offensive movements of the Ukrainian forces pushing into Bucha and Hostomel as of right now. There is heavy, heavy fighting going on in this area. Now, one of the weakest ports for the Russian military is bound back here in Bordyanka right here. And if you guys don't know this, as of from, from yesterday, I'm going to go ahead and annotate it on the map for you guys. This black area I'm showing, that was actually controlled by the Russian forces yesterday. It's actually cleared, and now the Ukrainian forces pushed the Russian front back. Roughly, I think it was about two miles of what I checked earlier. That's pretty significant. Pushing them back in the last 24 hours that, that much and they're condensing their forces. It's, I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of casualties taken by both sides inside of this area over the next week, like a ton. And the loss has been so severe for the Russian military inside of Irpin and in this area. And actually, they, I mean, just kill the thing about it. They've killed the, the absolute morale of the Russian forces inside of this area. And that's why they're coming out and they're talking about these peace talks and they're stopping these, these maneuvers inside the area and they're going to draw back. Why do you think they're doing that? I mean, this is, it's written on the wall, plain as day. This is the easiest thing to see. So taking back Urban will provide a significant stage of ground and forward operating base for the Ukrainian military to extend and reach into Bordyanka and Ivankov. So Ivankov, we know it's all the way up this black main route is one of the routes, the supply routes that comes down to that northwestern side of Kiev. So if they're going, which they're going to, the Ukrainian forces, now they now have Urban. All right, now they're going to set up a FOB, which I'm just going to put a FOB right here. They're going to set up a forward operating base to actually work out of. They need to take Bucha and Hostomel before any of this thing can actually happen. Like they have to take this area right here. This is one of the heavily fortified areas for the Russian forces as of right now. We know they were entrenching in this area as of a week ago. And this is, this is kind of a big deal. But getting through there will give them access to this main route. Once they get access to that main route going all the way up, if they can cut these troops off in Ivankov, which I know that they've been pushing out of this little area, they're working out of this area. This isn't exactly, but they are working out of this area and pushing troops up, little guerrilla teams in like small elements like squad and platoon size elements and actually doing ambushes on the Russian forces in the rear. So Ivankov, if you guys don't know, is right here. I've kept it there. That is the logistical hub for the northwest side. So if they can cut off, I guess you would say the head of the snake right there, it would kill the entire supply line that's coming down into that northwestern side into Hostomel and Butcher. So that's why I'm telling you guys it's so important for them to get that. I know I keep saying that every day, but I'm trying to beat it into every, everybody's heads that's watching this. This is super crucial that's going on inside of this area. Like it's extremely important. And two, the inability of the Russian forces to hold key terrain illustrates how severely, excuse me, degraded the combat ability and their ability to even mount any sort of offensive maneuver on this northwest side of Kiev. We know down here, they are trying to push through. There's heavy fighting going on down here in Makarov. So they took back that town, I think, about four days ago. Now, this whole area, there is a counteroffensive of the Russians pushing back. But they, I'm just telling you, I said this over and over again, the, the, the guys in charge don't really know what they're doing. They're not skilled enough to actually understand what to do. And that's, that's, it's killing them. Literally, it's actually killing them. It is. They're suffering heavy losses inside of this area. And I know that they're actually setting up a, a medical aid station, like a huge one. Matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and talk about that right now. So this is, this is another reason why I know that they're, they're 
their plans of, of maneuvering out of this area are, are false. And they actually expect to be there. Well, I just got video proof of them setting up a massive camp with depots and hospitals just outside of this area. So here's video proof of that for you guys. Over the next few days, we're going to see a lot more video and footage and stuff coming out of, of Earp and being liberated. Uh, Russians have left behind a BMD-4, an airborne infantry vehicle, which I'll show you guys a video of that here. And then I also have a video I'm going to share with you as well from a, uh, it's like coming out urban of, it's, I believe it's either a soft unit or a recce unit. I don't really know, but the soft unit or recce unit of Ukraine uh, military, so who is that? Перше завдання української армії знищити повністю наступальний потенціал російських військ та відтіснити їх подалі від столиці і визволити повністю міста і села навколо Києва. Ірпінь місто, яке щойно звільнили від основних сил ворога. Повертатися мирним мешканцям сюди ще небезпечно. Ми перші, хто з камерами в руках відвідали місто відразу після його звільнення, аби на власні очі побачити. All right, so now we're going to move over to the eastern side and the defensive lines of the Russian forces has pushed a little bit more eastern. They have added men through here, this whole area right here, as you could tell. I'm going to go ahead and clean that up for you guys. But with that being said, Ukrainian forces have actually started doing assaults. They've actually been assaulting on this town of Permahoa right now. So as we are making this video, I know this line dictates that the Russian forces are north of it, but it's just to kind of give you some separation and idea of where they generally are. But I know that the Ukrainian forces have pushed out of both of these areas, which they do secure. They picked this area up right here about three days ago. And since then, they've been pushing back the Russian forces inside of this eastern side. Now, we, now please take note, this area all the way through here, the Russians have been mining this area for the last like week, week and a half. So there are mines laid out all the way through there. So keep note of that as well. I say keep note of that as well. Like you're going to go over there and walk through the minefield. But anyway, there, <laughs> there's that. All right, so we're going to move a little bit north. There's something that's going on up here that's a little interesting. So we know, if you guys have been paying attention for the maps, the Russians controlled somewhat like this for pretty much the entire time that we've been, we've been doing this. Here recently, for some reason, they've actually pulled all of their troops out of this area and out of this town all the way back up. And I'm, I'm, I think this is going back to me saying they're regrouping to now push through a certain area. I don't know if it's going to be Chernihiv, Sumy, Kiev, or they're going to go out east. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to regroup and go do that. I have no idea. So this is actually coming from the Ukrainian officials. So the town of Snovish, you guys see right here, the Russians actually pushed back past this and blew up all the bridges that go across this river. So all the bridges, they pushed past this, this, this area and now they're on the back side of this town. They put their new defensive line roughly about right here, which I've indicated, but they've blown up all the bridges going out there. That's coming directly from the Ukrainian officials in the area. So they've actually pushed all the way back from these towns, all the way back over here, which I've said multiple times. I don't know why they have so much of their men spread out in here. It's just, they're, they're so thinned out. I don't, I don't know what they're doing, but 
Maybe they are pushing all of these men back over here. Maybe they're going to stage them and then push them back through Chernihiv. I have no idea. But just take note of that. They now have pushed all the way back through there and blown out all the bridges so the Ukrainian forces can't push back with them. So there hasn't been much change down in this region. There hasn't been much going on that's that's down in here. Nothing really to, to, to take note of. Now we are going to move a little bit more east for you guys. So Sumi, this area is, is so much, I'm going to be honest with you, it's, it's kind of comical to be honest with you when it comes to speaking on the Russian side of things. They control this area pretty heavily since the very beginning of this conflict. Like when I'm talking about just, just the amount of area, they controlled like all this earlier. And then they control the route going in and out. And now they've lost literally all of it. I don't even know what they're doing in this area. No one really even knows that. They, no one knows where they've even gone. This is the kind of the crazy part. They've literally retrograded back into Russia. All these towns that are along this line, there was no Russians anywhere through here right now. Nowhere. None. Which is crazy to me. They literally in the last 48 hours have retrograded and they've started even moving men out of Sumi. So this goes back to me saying, like I've said since the last week, are they pulling all their men back to actually then make an assault on down in the Donbass region and actually push through Izium? So that's, that's what I'm saying. We got to keep note of this. But the spearheading element over there in Izium. So we're going to move over to Izium. So you guys do know that the, the there was a spearheading element that actually was coming down through here. So I, I did tell you guys that out of, I think this, yeah, Pop Santa. So there was an element of Ukrainian forces that came up to actually meet that spearheading element, which is so crazy that we're doing this like real time. But that spearheading element of the Russian forces that was coming out of the south side of Izium was actually going to Slovyansk, which is right here. And they were actually heading over to Bor Borovinkov. So was actually cut off by Ukrainian forces and actually forced to retreat back into the south side of Izium. So right now the Russian forces are on the northeast and north side of Izium and the, the south and southwest side is still controlled by the Ukrainians. Now you remember this this element of Russian forces that was just south of this town of uh, Husarika? They're gone. They're not in the area. They've, they've literally retreated back and linked up with another element of Russian forces. They were about right here, completely cut them off. And now the Ukrainian forces still control this three-way, which is the main route that heads west. I'm going to go back to saying this. I know the Russian forces have been doing a lot of attacks inside Severe Nines trying to push through, but they have not made a single inch of ground. They've not gained a single bit. So we actually moved down out of the east. We're just north of Maripool right now. So I do know the Russian forces tried to push through Volodar, which is right here. They, they tried to push through. They met heavy resistance by the Ukrainian forces. Once again, all these blue... Uh, areas with the little triangles, those are heavily fortified areas by the Ukrainian forces. Russians came through, met heavy resistance, and actually had to peel back. And they've been hitting multiple towns, Pisky, Sevier, Lodars, and Marinka. All those areas have actually been hit by shells over the last 24 hours. They've been absolutely shelling them. And there are more of these cities that are like along this line. So I don't know if the Russian forces are, are prepping in advance north out of Mariupol. Maybe they're expecting to take it here very soon. I do know we, we spoke about Mariupol the other day uh, when it comes to, so here's Mariupol down here if you guys do not know. And this is pretty much the way it looks. I think Russians might control like a little bit more here on the north side, but it hasn't changed much. The French macro, remember I told you guys they were talking about doing a humanitarian thing inside of the city to get the civilians out? Well, he's canceled it. He said it's not something they could actually do. So I, I don't know. I feel, I feel really bad for everybody that's stuck inside of Mariupol right now. And I believe, like I said, I've said this every single episode, this is their Alamo. This is Ukraine's Alamo, is, is Mariupol as of right now. So one of the last areas we're going to talk about is Mikolaev. So here's Mikolaev. There's been a lot going on that is just small little battles, but it's taking a ton of ground back. So if you guys don't know this, Russian forces at one point were all the way back over here. They got pushed all the way back, and they got pushed back again, and they keep getting pushed back. Ukrainian forces are currently in a heavy battle right now. We know that there's an element that is pushing towards Kyrgyzstan. Down here, just south of the town of Myron, they've actually there's a heavy battle going on right now as, as we are making this video. I know that they've been hitting the Kirsten Airport as well with shelling. And if 
you guys look up here, we know that this element, this is one of the main elements that actually cut off those ele uh, Russian elements that was just north of them. And they have been pushing through. The Ukrainian forces have been pushing through. And this entire Russian element right now is completely encircled 360. If you look, northeast side, they have an element of Ukrainians pushing through uh, southwest side, west side, and also the south side. So right now, I don't expect them. Well, maybe they might. I have no idea. Maybe, maybe they won't lay down their arms, but... They have no way of getting supplies because right now they completely are cut off. Only thing I can possibly see them doing is peeling back this way, hitting this main road, and then going south and regrouping up with the Russian forces over here in Mykolaiv. But Mykolaiv right now is one of the, the strong areas for the Ukrainian forces. And who's ever down there controlling this area for, for them is doing a phenomenal job. They're using the resources and their men the correct way. Like they're not just throwing them all on at once. They're, 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 they're doing a phenomenal job down in this area. So with that being said, I'm going to end this video with one of the most pathetic things I've ever seen in my entire life, and that is the Russians leaving their men behind. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Of course, it has the best music ever. So I will see you guys tomorrow, and maybe I'll be in a little bit different attire. I do love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me. I will see you later.